Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study, and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the Word, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for being a good God to us each and every day, Lord. And we just thank you that you have given us that same consistent nature, Lord, that we do not have to flip-flop between one extreme one day or the other, Lord, but that we are always working and going towards your will and your path on this earth, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for those surrounding us, Lord, and we just thank you that you continue to bless them with your knowledge as well, Lord. Even though they may not be following with you, Lord, that you're bringing them closer to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We are so glad you're with us as we continue to discuss God's Word and learn and grow together. And yes, we are still in our series on the Lord's house. And um, I was asked why we're we're doing a series on the Lord's house and all the different aspects, as, especially as we get into, uh, we're not so much talking about the tabernacle, if you will, as in the construction design. We're now in the part where we're discussing the priesthood and the garments for the priesthood. And the, you know, this episode, we're continuing our discussion on the ephod. But, um, so the why is this one, first and foremost, that's what the Lord asked us to do. Um, it was, uh, a transition, if you will, or a break from the Lord picking out a book and just saying, all right, this is what you're going, going to go through next and discuss in detail. It was to discuss his house. And the reason being was because the Lord had revealed many things about the house, uh, to me and, you know, and to my wife, Kamisha. And in there was, with all that revelation, if you will, was first how everything in the house, uh, the Lord's house, his tabernacle, and the temples pertain and, and speak of the Lord. It is a type of shadow representation of things that are already in the heavenlies, but that also speaks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then it was there as an example, as a, a reminder, literally daily, of for the people to understand how they were to live out their lives to the Lord. And the pattern example is always Christ. Yes. He is our pattern example. So it discussed who he was, everything in the in the tabernacle, the temple, both of them, were there as a, a type and a shadow of of Jesus. Who he is, how he lived out his life, and how we are to pattern and that example in our lives, right? Yes. So this is where that uh, I'll say really comes into play, and he says this throughout Scripture, right, to various prophets. Explain these things: the design in the temple, all right? Uh, well, the temple in Ezekiel, and you know, and other places in Scripture, like. Make the people aware of these things, right? David yes. said that the Lord made him aware of everything, all the measurements, all the everything having to do with the temple. 
and he wrote it all down and in, in, in the designs and he set aside things from his own treasures and and house and uh, I'll say his own uh, bank account if you will his his possessions mm-hmm. for the house of the Lord so it could be built now the Lord wouldn't allow him to build it it was the Lord chose his son to build it Solomon but he had yes. to follow the pattern just like Moses received the pattern of from the Lord and the Lord has said very specifically make sure you make everything I show you according to the pattern right yes. but isn't that how we are to live out our lives according to the pattern mm-hmm. and the pattern being our pattern example Jesus yes yes, yes. right sweetheart yes um, in October of 2021 the lord started speaking to us about um his house yes and um building it but looking into those things but it also spoke to us fulfilling the role and the call that he has in our life and And as in this ministry yes amen and as we've examined the lord's um house as it's referenced in scripture we have been i'll say enlightened by god about how much detail he's put into the life and the journey that he's called us to, how much he's woven himself into every detail of the the natural, um, not the natural, but the tabernacle that we see in scriptures, but also us. And th- those are, that's every person that's come through this world and through creation, um, but also us that are believers that are sitting in this room and that are listening. Mm-hmm. God has a, a divine destiny and a plan for you. And as we've been exploring this, um, all of this is pointed towards, I believe, God saying to us that he's looking for a people that will do his will above their own. I think he's looking for that in this season. And, um, you know, we've we've seen the specifications and the diligence that's required, but we've also seen the gifting of God that was provided as needed to get the job done so that we were able to partake in in building and constructing the house. So everything that God does did or does has a purpose Mm -hmm. and that is in our lives as well. And so as we look at and examine and walk through this scripture, the scriptures together, we're also looking at ourselves in light of this and taking to heart and applying the, the knowledge and the understanding that God has a divine plan. If he told you to go, um, to be this, to be here, to do this, to say that there's a reason for it. And it's to bring honor to his name, but also to let us engage with him so that we fulfill our destinies. And we do have satisfaction in that. So as we're, we're looking at the word of God, God's word is never burdensome. Amen. And it always, God always has a reason. And in our, um, lack of maturity, we can glaze over those things and go, okay, God, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take that much. But as we become wise in him, as we become seasoned believers, we start to pay as much attention to detail as he does. So that way we are able to fully glorify and honor our God with what we do and what we say and how we approach life. Amen. Amen. You know, Kamisha, excuse me, as you were saying that, I was thinking of how most of us would never consider um, taking gold excuse me sure taking gold and using it to weave into fabric wouldn't be something most of us would consider doing no not at all (laughs) and as we talked about in the last uh, podcast that uh, 
gold represents the divine nature of God. Mm-hmm. Interesting that um, God commanded them to take the gold, to do the weaving in. Right. That we have to do our part as mm-hmm. we're doing here, studying God's word and weaving his divine nature. We have a part in weaving and allowing that divine nature to permeate every part of our lives. And it Amen. has to be purposeful to do that. And this is one of the ways we do that through a, through a podcast and through fellowship with other believers um, to grow in the knowledge of his word and how he wants us to live our lives. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely, brother. So as we get ready to get into the word, um, I just ask that if you're blessed by this message or any of the messages you listen to, that you like them, that you subscribe on this or any number of our platforms or the platforms where you can find a day of prayer on and that you share the episode with even just one person, right? The Lord reveals these things, not for us to just have them for ourselves, but so we can, as the Lord tells us and directs us, shout it from the rooftops, right? Proclaim it so that others can learn and grow, learn about our Lord, who he is, right? Yes. Come into a true knowledge, a true relationship, personal, deep and intimate with our Lord and Savior. And learn and grow in, in Him, right? Yes. yes. So, um, that I was say that's the ask, right? To like, subscribe, and share. Right. We're all learning and growing together. None mm-hmm. of us have all the answers, Amen. but we know the One who does, Amen. and He lives and dwells in us. Amen. So, and this is also a blessing to us. It helps Amen. us reach more people with the Word of God, absolutely, and um, teaching them to. Uh, engage in relationship with Christ. That that helps us. So we do appreciate that as well. Amen. So let's get into the word, shall we? Okay. And that being said, we're rereading in Exodus 28, verses 5 through 14. So can I get a volunteer to cover that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, promise? They shall take the gold blue... Per- the blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and the fine linen, and they shall make the ephod of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen artistically worked. It shall have two shoulder straps joined as two edges, and so it shall be joined together. And and the intricately woven band of ephod, of the ephod, which is on it, shall be of the same workmanship, made of gold, blue, purple and scarlet thread and fine woven linen then you shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the sons of israel six of their names on one stone and six of the names on the other stone in the other in the order of their birth with the work of an engraver and stone like the engravings of, of a signet you shall engrave the two stones with the names of the sons of israel you shall set them in settings of gold and you shall put the two stones on the shoulders of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel. So Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders as a memorial. You shall also make settings of gold, and he shall make two chains of pure gold like braided cords, and fasten the braided chains into the settings. Wait, sorry, to the settings. Amen. So at this time, I want to open up the floor for each of you to have the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and of course, to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? 
I will. All right, LaCharles. Okay, the first thing the Lord was showing me was that as Mr. Dean was saying about the gold being woven into it and how he, as you were saying in the previous devotional, Dan, about how this was the exact same colors that were woven into the veil before the most holy place in the in between that and also in the perimeter. And what the Lord was showing me here was that... Not the perimeter, the, the covering for the tabernacle, the, the one the, closest to the boards and the sockets. Okay, let me change my word. You know how the the courtyard, the courtyard. On yes, the it was for the gate. It. it was for the gate yes. and the, to the courtyard. Yes. Okay, that's what I meant. All the right. Gate. Just going to make it clear for the listeners. Yes. All right. Sir. And how the Lord showed me here was that with most things in our lives, and I was just thinking about it, he was saying that he gave them the exact same things because to the Lord, um, I had to phrase this carefully, he gave me an example because most people uh, think of the Holy Grail. They think of, oh, man, this is such a great thing because Jesus drank out of this cup. But he was saying we don't put the appropriate importance on the things that are actually matter. We don't go around saying this is the stick Jesus held. We don't say that's holy or, <laughs> man, we ought to have that. But he's saying that here it is truly our bodies is what is holy to him. That we are living and doing everything as he tells us and guides us to do in life. And saying, okay, Lord, I want you to be honored and glorified through me. And this also shows that how we are the most holy place because the Lord dwells and resides in us. We're not supposed to be defiling ourselves with impurities, which can even be a false thought that we take too far. It, no matter what it seems like, um, what false humility, even that is a sin. It's not... Okay, that's not a sin, but if you're lying to yourself, even what you try to guise it under, it is still a sin. And what the Lord is saying is that with our bodies as well, there's repentance, but we're not supposed to be placing ourselves in a place where we have to repent. It's not going to be, I know I'm going to sin, so I'm just preparing my repentance sheet right here so I can read it off. But it's to say, okay, Lord, I'm walking with you. I'm not going to sin. Mm. Um, and and First John talks about that. Um, Amen. About us sinning, um, saying we have no sin, then we call God a liar, and we're a liar. Yes. Um, but if we say we, um, if we don't, if we I'm trying to think it, he uses sin in a couple of different ways in the first um, chapter of First John, and he references sin. One is sin that's living in iniquity. Yes. The other is sinning, um, you know, unintentionally. Living in iniquity means I see sin, I look at sin, I know it's sin, and I'm going to do it anyway. Um, yes. But sinning because of human nature, the Lord has is aware of that, and that's that's different in the Lord's side. Let me get to First John so I can read that to you. I can read it clearly. Please give me just one moment. Let's see. All right, let's look at verse 8. 
I'm sorry, we'll start at verse 5. 1 John 1, verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and the word is not in us. Um, Find one more place. Give me just a moment. Go ahead and find that. But I'm, I do want to just make that clear. There's a difference between living in iniquity, which is purposeful and intentional, willful sin, and doing it over and over and over, um, and then saying, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, God, but you, have, you know in your heart you're not, and you're just going to continue to do it anyway. You're just buying yourself some time and saying what sounds good. Yes. But the sin that happens as a result of humanity may be unintentional, um, or you're, struggling, you're working to move beyond something, and you're overcoming yes. it, that is different. So go ahead. Go ahead, the Charles. Yes. And then how the Lord was also shown with me is not to try to consecrate certain things and say, okay, those things are holy, but to view everything that the Lord does, which is literally everything in our world, as something holy that we should be giving the, God the glory for. I'm not saying, okay, that's man. Man did that by itself. No, that's not true. It's a lie. Everything that we do comes from the Lord. He All the good things we do, not the bad things. The bad things are not from him because he can do no wrong. But all the good things that we see around us, those are the things that the Lord wants us and desires for us to bless him and to magnify him in it. Because, Mommy, as you're talking about how when we do, you're referring to how people, when they see something good, you're saying, oh, man, we did this by ourselves. But when something wrong goes when something wrong happens, you say, how can the Lord let this happen? Right. That is the What opposite. kind of God would do this? That's so quick to fly out of people's mouths. But when it's good, they get all the glory and the credit. And God is nowhere to be named in the celebration. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Lord is showing me to flip, to flip the perspective of that. The Lord is the one who is only doing the good things. And everything to him that is good is holy. Because he created. He didn't create profane things. He created only holy. It is what we do with it that profanes it. This is a bit tricky, but I can't say that we can turn something from holy to unholy. But in our perspectives towards us, it becomes unclean. Like mommy gave the example. Actually, was it mommy or was it Mr. Dean? One, the two gave the example of a guy with sugar. We know it's horseshoes. He said horseshoes is a sin. And how he always played, when he played it, he was pretty good. And it would take him away from um, church and how he was supposed to be doing something else that the Lord called him to do. How it was unholy to him because it was taken out perspective. Not as it unholy to everybody else. Every Some people can deal with it and it doesn't become an idol. Idols only refer to something that one person places value on. 
each individual person has a choice. It's not, my mama made this an idol, so now it's an idol to me. No, that's not how it works. Well, there is an element of teaching, right? So if it's an idol to one, they may potentially instruct someone on how to serve or worship that idol, right? Yes, I was referring to it's not an unwilling choice. You're not forced Absolutely. into this. Yes. Just let's discuss it in full, right? Yes. Not not just a portion. But let's put it in the proper context. Discuss it as a whole so people aren't left in any confusion, right? Yes. Yes, they have to willingly make, each individual has to, for themselves, willingly make a choice and determination to go along with, to follow, <laughs> to worship that false god or idol. Yes. Yes. Continue, sir. And how, when we look at stuff around us, we should always be glorifying God and all the good things. And first, and when we see something wrong, we first should first take a look at ourselves and see, okay, Lord, what did I miss? Because every time it's not the Lord who did something wrong; it is something wrong on our part. And God is never wrong. That is only <laughs> that has us. to be yes. your absolute conclusion. God is never wrong. He is not evil, and he does not do evil or wicked things. Um, yes. We just read that in First John chapter 1, and it's also in James. And um, even when you look at the story of Job, which we were talking about a little bit this morning before we got, um, got started, um, Job misunderstood some things about God, but he never accused God as being the, pro- the reason for his problems. Yes. And if you flip on to the end of that, um, that book, it the Lord says to Job, you need to pray for your friends because they spoke ill of me. They spoke incorrectly of God, attributing unrighteous um, characteristics to God. And that is a, that's wrong. It's a sin and God finds fault with it. Um, when actually, in, in actuality, it was the adversary that was causing their problems. Yes. So um, God asked Job to intercede for his friends so that he God could forgive them. And even in that, when they had wronged God, God's perspective was, Job, get over here and pray for your friends because they've unlocked something. They've unleashed something to themselves that they're not aware of. And they need to be restored and reconciled. So I need you to come in and and intercede on their behalf. So it's important that we never attribute unrighteousness to God because he said he's a good God. And for us to say he's doing bad things, we're calling him a liar. You see how, how deep that goes when we think in our mind, oh, no, it's, it, I'm not saying that. It's just this one thing. Nope. The Job's friends thought they were speaking rightly of God. They thought they were being deep and profound. But the Lord said they did not speak rightly of him. Yes. Okay. And the other scripture I was thinking about is in the first parts of First um, John chapter 3 about living righteously and practicing wickedness and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Go ahead, my love. That was it. Okay. Well, there's one other thing I want to point out, right? And you yes. brought this up in a roundabout way. In talking about the, the garments for the priesthood, right? They represent Jesus. Yes. And who he is, right? Now, these were not just worn all the time. They were worn in the service of ministering to the Lord, right? Yes. 
That was the, the point and purpose of these garments. And you can see, well, it's in, it's in a future spot. We haven't quite gotten there yet. Right, but um, in Exodus 29, they talk about the the garments. Uh, 29, Exodus 29, 29. Um, and the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him to be anointed in them and to be consecrated in them. That the son who becomes priest in his place shall put them on for seven days when he enters the tabernacle of meeting to minister in the holy place. Right? Yes. So these things, these garments were to be passed down, right? Mm -hmm. Which yes. means you had to take care of them. They weren't just worn, uh, if you will, all the time. And you can see that in later sections of Scripture, Ezekiel 42, for, for instance. Um, and this is talking about, this is right after it talks about the, the chambers for the priests, right, in the temple. How... Um, This is uh, Ezekiel 42, verses 13 and 14. And he said to me, The north chambers and the south chambers, which are opposite the separating courtyard, are the holy chambers, where the priests who approach the Lord shall eat the most holy offerings. There they shall lay the most holy offerings, the grain offering, the sin offering, and the trespass offering, for the place is holy. When the priests enter them, they shall not go out of the holy chamber into the outer court, but there they shall leave their garments in which they minister, for they are holy. They shall put on other garments, that they may approach that which is for the people. All right, the Lord makes this distinction throughout the entirety of Scripture. And actually, He um, really admonishes, especially His prophets, to teach the people how to separate the holy from the profane. Right? They yes. cannot mix together. You must you must distinguish them. You must separate them. You must consecrate them. You cannot just mix these things together and then think that you are not stained or, or tainted, right? That there's not sin or iniquity on you, if you will. And it's, th it's not about separating from people. I, I just want to make that abundantly clear now. It's not about just separating from people, right? In the Lord's high priestly prayer... He says that they're in the world, but they're separated, right? Yes. They're, of the world. they're not of they're in the world, but not of the world. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. In the same way, we, as a kingdom of kings and priests, are in the world, but we are not of the world. There you cannot cross pollinate, as it were, <laughs> and expect to be uncontaminated. Does that work? Yes. Everyone's tracking? Yes. And that's kind of a a weird way to say it <laughs> but um you know I, I just think right that that needs to be said in that way that's what i sense um right yes. but you yes. see this throughout scripture lord right bring your take yourselves out from among them mm -hmm. right yes in, yes in other words we should only be resembling Christ's character and nature and attributes, his divine nature woven in and through every aspect of our life. Set aside to the Lord, right? Our reasonable service of worship. We, we should not be coming in and going out, as it were. 
mm-hmm. but remaining in the presence of the Lord. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. His divine nature being illuminated in and through us, not trying to handle both holy and then profane things. It matters to the Lord. Because, again, all these things are representing Jesus. So when the high priest is going before them, he's not seeing the high priest. He's seeing Jesus in and through us, right? Yes. That's what's represented. Amen. Absolutely. But that's what is, again, the type in the shadow and what is being described here in these garments, right? Yes. Without sin, without blame, right? Just another demonstration, another representation of who Jesus is, right? Yes. Okay. Jesus couldn't just take off the divine nature and then put it back on and right, and then still be the, the lamb, the sacrificial lamb without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Right, that, that's an impossibility, yes? Yes. Okay. So even the garments matter, right? And we talked about this in Zechariah 3, right? Yes. So take those garments. And in another place in Scripture, he says, like, even the smell of smoke on them, right? Get rid of them. Yes. They don't even, not even the smell of smoke on the garments, which if you've been around it, if you've been around a fire, everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. It is such a distinguishable smell. Right? Yes. yes. But even even that couldn't set in the garments. They had to be done away with. They had to be given new ones, which is what you see in Zechariah 3, to Joshua the high priest. So it matters for our lives, how we live them. And how we live them should be as the Lord teaches us, being able to separate the holy from the profane, right? Yes. Or the yes. divine from the common, right? In our lives, right? And that's not, we're not judging everyone else. That's that's the Lord's job and not ours, yes. right? We just say what the Lord says to say and do what he says to do, right? That's, yes. that's how it should be. But in our own lives, examine these things, separate them, and remove the common or the profane things from our lives to bring out in fullness the Lord, His character, His nature, and attributes in every area and aspect of our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's pause there for today because there's a lot in there. And um, with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for today and for the opportunity to be cleaned up, Lord, and to be brought into your kingdom, Lord. We thank you for your healing power, Lord. We thank you for the strength that you give us, Lord. We thank you for the victory that we have in your name, Lord, that we have no reason to fear the enemy, Lord, because you've already trampled him underfoot, Lord, and you've given us the power to overcome him as well, Lord, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, Lord. And our testimony is that you are good, Lord, and that you see all, you are above all, Lord, and we just thank you for your goodness, your peace that you have given to us, Lord, to the United States of America, Lord, and every other country around the world, Lord, that they would acknowledge you and they turn their eyes to you, Lord, and that they cry out to you, Lord, and we know that you hear us when we call and you've answered before we even ask, Lord. Mm -hmm. So we just thank you for your mercy, Lord, for your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen.
In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.